So uh, it's good to be back home, and let's get into rightly dividing the word, all right? Um, and, and, and normally we do teachings like this on Wednesday night, because Wednesday night we have a good little time in our midweek service where we exchange, ask questions, and talk about things. But sometimes, because some people are Sunday-orientated, we miss out on some of the, uh, the, 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 the root things we need to really grow in this particular life. And so Lord said, let's talk about uh, just rightly dividing the word because we're navigating through, we're talking about this morning and evangelism. We're trying to navigate through this life and how we're going to navigate through this life without the word and really a full understanding of the word. Now, some people don't read the word because they don't realize the value of that nourishment. Some people question the word because they really don't take the time out to, to get into it. Uh, some people are afraid of the word because they think it's going to take something away from them that they think uh, they're enjoying and fulfilling them. And so hopefully through this teaching, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to a place where we actually get what we need uh, to get where we need to go. Now we talked about, we've been talking about the, uh, the, a few aspects when it comes to this word. We talked about the, I think last week, the, the, did we talk about the harmony? Already? Yes. So, we did? Yes. Oh, we talked about, hu- no, we talked about the humility and the history. So, so there's the humility anytime you go into the world. You got to humble yourself to realize there's something you don't know. And there's always something you can find out. I don't care how many scriptures you know, how many times you read them. You could read the same scripture and get some, some new revelation out of it. So, every time I open a Bible, I have to open a Bible with humility knowing that I'm going to discover something I didn't realize. Then we talked about the uh, history, how, um, you know, how the Bible was put together and it was canonized. That means these books in here was, was proven to be God-breathed. God, life was put in, these, in, this, in, in this word. Life was put in this word. And so, so there's different uh, books you can read. There's, a, there's something called the Apocrypha. It's some, some men and women of God that was around in, in the Bible times. And those type of books can uh, make you awake, but they can't make you alive. This is a quickening word. This kind of uh, uh, makes you alive. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Anybody don't want to talk about the Bible? Because I'm curious, like, like, why do we come to church? Not, not being sarcastic, like, think about it. You walk through the doors. Don't you want to hear from God? Yes. Don't you want to find out what you don't know? Yes. Don't you want to realize what's been costing you uh, some of your fulfillment? So you had one person? Yes. I mean, kind of work with me. If you was up here, don't you want somebody working with you? So act like you up here. Fast week coming up, you know, some of y'all going to be teaching. Don't y'all want me in there going, amen, hallelujah. You want me taking notes, right? You want me to look like I'm enjoying what you're saying? All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to do what y'all be doing. I'm the next, the fast week coming up, I'm going to do some of the stuff y'all be doing. See how y'all like it. I'm playing, playing. I understand. All right, so let's talk about the, uh, well, we talked about the history, right? We talked about canon, canonization. So we're going to talk about the harmony and how 
how, the, how when you read the word, it has to flow with the rest of the word. The word has to back itself up. That's why it's dangerous. People take a scripture and then they create a religion out of a scripture and then everybody's living off of that scripture. But there's nothing to authenticate or back it up or it doesn't harmonize with the rest of the Bible. The scriptures back itself up. You know, I'm not, and, and I'm going to say words, but I'm going to explain them. So I'm not trying to get deep. So when you hear the word, don't shut off. Listen to the, the understanding of it, okay? But I have to give you the words uh, because this is how they kind of navigate through the Bible. I know we're not in seminary, and I'm not trying to communicate it that way, but a lot of things will help us to get through this word. Because how many times you read the word and you say, man, I try to read the Bible, but I just don't understand it. How many times have you said that? Put your hand up. There's more people than that. And, uh, and, and, and or, or it's like you start reading and you, you're on a roll, but then you hit this pocket, you'd be like, man, it's no, ah, like you don't even feel it. You know, you know James, like you be reading through the word, you'd be like, oh, man, this is good. Then you'd be like, numbers what? Like, oh, like, and then you get, you get pumped. You know, because, you know, a lot of times you read through the Bible, you read through numbers, it starts to break down the, uh, you know, all the families and the names. And how many people skip over that? All right, so let me ask you something. If your name was in the Bible, you want somebody to skip over And even though you think Maurice is a special name, there's some countries they'd be like, Maurice, why your parents name you that? Keith? You said, so just like you reading through... Uh, what, Josiah and Abadiah and all those people, and you think, what kind of name is that? Somebody's saying that about your name, but you want them to read it? If it's in any book. So when I publish my book and you said something, and I, do you want me to write your name in it? You're probably going to buy it just to show people your name's in the book, right? <laughs> so read through these people, man. Stop, stop, don't give them a hard time. I, so, so as you're reading through the book, there's something called textual criticism. Um, there's something else called exegesis. I'm explaining. I'm explaining. Don't shut off. Uh, and then there's something called hermeneutics, okay? So textual criticism is not deep. It's just discernment. And so, so, so there's, there, there's a, the, the, word, the word is saying something, and when, when, when they put these men of God together, put this word together, they have to discern accurately, is this from God? So, so, so now you, you might say discernment. Okay, okay, what's all that? That's that knowing. You ever, some of y'all deal with this right now. You're around people and you just know something ain't right with that person. I mean, they could be depressed. And you just, they, you haven't talked to them, they ain't open their mouth, but as soon as you get around them, like something ain't right with that person. Or the person trying to sell something to you and you sense they're hustling you. That's called discernment. Or you sit in a restaurant and for some reason you think you can see what everybody's dealing with and nobody opened their mouth. That's called discernment. Right? And we're equipped with that. Why? Because God knows when someone tells you the truth, you're going to pick it up. When someone's lying, you're not. Now, the only thing that throws off this sermon is these vices because they short-circuit our ability to know. Then we, and we cross over from knowing to questioning. But if we keep the signal clear, we can pick up and navigate, this is the right way, this is the right person, this is the right thing. That's the truth right there. Because 
Some of you said it. I know I said it for years. How I know this is telling me the truth. God equipped you to know that you know that you know when you hear the truth. He equipped with something called discernment or textual criticism, right? And so, so, so what that does is it takes the text or the written document and it kind of processes through how does this jive? Like how does this flow because I'm trying to understand something. When you get instructions, you, it has to make sense, right? Because it doesn't make sense, you can't put nothing together. It's the same thing. You're trying to put your life together. You've got to understand these instructions, right? You have to understand the context, right? And, and this context is environment, is, is, is the social, is geographical, is all the political, is everything that was around that text when it was written. And so some people try to take things out of context, right? You know, they, but, but if you look at the, the context how it, con means with, with the text, how it harmonizes with the text, like, oh, it, just, it makes sense. That lines up with this. That lines up with that. When it don't line up, you're going to question it. Just in life. You know, there's people, because, uh, you know, as a pastor, as we're growing, you got different people coming from all different walks of life. So sometimes, because people don't know you, they don't know you're going to accept them genuinely for who they are, flaws, failures, or what have you, they think they have to present their best self, right? So sometimes people do what I used to call back in the day, pad the stats. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean by pad the stats? You know, almost like you, 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 you're, pres- okay, so you're making a person think you were like, you, you the president of the company, right? When you were president at the company. <laughs> and they heard you wrong, but you didn't, you didn't give them the right vow. You're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you're walking around. Then later on, you ask, if you, you start saying something. So you, you come by the house, and you're talking to me, and you're talking, and you be like, man, I can't believe, man, you know, they're making us do this overtime. I was like, I thought you was the president. <laughs> Did you just tell me you was the president? You know, it just doesn't jive. So, so, so that's what happens. Like, you, you <laughs> sometimes in life, if, if, you, if you take things out of context, or if you don't see things accurately, you're going to misconstrue or misunderstand. Things ain't going to flow the same. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you said this, but this don't line up with that. Well, hold on, but you just said this. If you said this, you should be able to do that, right? When, when you can't do this, then you lied about that. Bible's the same way. If this don't line up with that, you're going to be like, oh, if that ain't right, then maybe that other thing is not right. Does that make sense? But if you don't take the time to rightly divide it, we just talk the other way to rightly divide the word. Then, then how you know what's the truth? And this is the thing. Like, listen, I know I'm the pastor now, and and the, you know, this has been decades to get to this point. But I started out no different than nobody else. Okay, I need to know if this stuff is true. Every time I go to a hotel, there's a Bible there. Why? I'm watching a football game. Somebody flat behind the goalposts. Why? Why everybody keep talking about this? And so I need to find out for myself. I hear what you're telling me, or what we used to say, that's what your mouth say. I hear what your mouth say, but I need to find out. Is it worth it to you to find out? Is it worth it to you to find out? Or are you still playing off maturity of, eh, it might be true. Well, if I really don't know, then I don't have to be accountable for it. Well, if I really don't know, I don't have to change. 
How's that been working the rest of your life? You really don't know you don't have to change? You have to change. This is, the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. You might want to know. For real. Like for real, for real. You might want to know. All right, so, so if, if we take things out of context, and, and we'll get into this down the road, customs and manners. Uh, there's different customs that was taking place at that particular time. And there's different manners. Like, like, like you hear, okay, how about this? Uh, see, see, look, you know, that person over there, let's see, uh, don't get mad at me. Please don't get mad at me what I'm about to say, okay? So uh, Trina got a Lexus. <laughs> don't get mad. Don't get mad, Trina. Right? All right. So Trina got a Lexus. The, the Bobbits just bought a house with a, a pool, a little sit-around pool, you know, you know, like some type of resort, you know. Look, they just had the other house, which is 3,000 square foot, I'm telling all your business, for like five years, and then they're going to go buy like type of acreage and stuff like that, right? Right? So, I'm telling everybody, you know, the Stringer's got a 7,600 7, square foot house. See, Christians don't need all that. That's what you think. Why? Because there's something in your mind that says if you're a Christian, you're not supposed to have rich, riches or wealth, even though the Bible says I've given you the power to get wealth. See, that's in the Bible. Right? But, but what do most people do? They'll take one scripture... It's, it's, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven like a camel to get through an eye of a needle, right? You've heard that before? So what are you saying to yourself? A camel can't get through an eye of a sewing needle, right? That's what you're thinking, right? So a rich person can't get into heaven, right? Wrong. It's not talking about a sewing needle. It's talking about uh, coming into the city and the gates were shaped like an eye of a needle. So the camels would have so much stuff packed on top of them. When they got to the gate, they would have to stop, drop, take some of the load off, crawl into the gate, and then they would load them back up and keep on going. It was just hard because of their load, so they had to make adjustments. You understand what I'm saying? So if you don't understand the custom, you'd be like, camel can't go in the heaven. The rich man can't go in the heaven because the camel can't get through a needle. See, we're looking at the eye of a needle that we know. See, customs are important. Now, I'm going to get to customs and manners down the road in the teaching, but I was saying this. So, so, so now if I'm trying to interpret the word, it's important because sometimes they were communicating based on the custom. You know, based on how they operate in their language. Remember I told you last week, uh, do I have it here? I don't know if I have it here, but okay, I'm about to get to it. So I'll explain here in a second. So, 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 what they, so what they do, when you go through the Bible, you, there's an exegesis. That means there's a rules of interpretation. So you, you, there's rules to how to interpretate the Bible. So you, wanna, you want this Bible to speak for itself. And if you, if you operate on the rules of how to interpret the Bible, you're going to understand the Bible easily. But if you just look through your rules, your rules may be, I hate these and that. Well, get another version, but these and thou's are in the Bible. You see what I'm saying? That, that's your rule. That's not the rule. Your, your rule may be, I hate King James Version. Your, your, don't get mad. Don't get mad. Your rules may be, ain't enough pictures. <laughs> see, we laughing, but some people think like that. 
right? Right? The, the, you know, it's, it's too many words running together. I need some pictures to interrupt it, right? That may be your rules. What are the rules to, to understand this Bible? You see what I'm saying? You, you, hey, you may be from back in the day, you know, now I'm 59. So, they, y'all remember, anybody remember speed reading? Like what, it's like four or five people, <laughs> all the old folk, right? And, and so speed reading was like, it, it, it kind of taught you how to like to just read, just skim through the information. Huh? Look, look, so you can tell, this, this, this is why he, he said, pick out the important points. But, 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 but with God's word, you can't be skimming. It's all important. Right? So, so, again, rules of interpretation, right? See, realize this. This Bible uh, was written under inspiration by approximately 35 different authors from all walks of life for a period of 1,600 years. It took 1,600 years to, to get all this information, right? From Moses to John. And I know I said from Moses to John. He's like, what about all the others? Bible wasn't written uh, uh, Naturally, chronologically. Spiritually, chronologically, yes. But naturally, chronologically. So every book wasn't based on the date. It, you, you can't line up based on the, 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 the year it was published. Right? Right. Look, it was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Arabic. All of those have a process of interpretation. Okay, if you took Spanish class, right? They changed the verb around from how we, we talk, right? So if you just look at it the way we look at it, we're not going to understand nothing somebody says in Spanish because we're going to think they're talking backwards. Does that make sense? Hebrew, when you translate something from Hebrew into English, Hebrew is written in a permissive sense. So we'll read it as they did it, but a Hebrew person is reading as it was allowed. So now when you read through the Old Testament, I can't believe they did that. They didn't. It was allowed in certain situations. See, once you understand it, now you can operate it through it. So this is called, this is where we get to that word I just used called hermeneutics. And that's really the, the application of the rules. How do you apply these rules? So you know, what are we, we're Western culture, right? Right? So you got Western and Eastern cultures. Very totally different. That's why when you go to certain cultures, you... you like, so you get to, you go to, I don't know, one of these foreign countries, and you go, hey, do you speak English? You know what they thought, a lot of people thought is? Why? Why would I need to? Why is that important? But you know what I thought is? I can't believe you don't speak English. You know what their thought is? I can't believe you do. <laughs> and you know, you go some places, they can go, you ain't talking English. You're not talking the Queen's English. Right, so you understand, okay, because I want us to get, when we get to this, I want us to understand, because we'd be thinking this stuff is deep. Rules of interpretation is how, we, is how we've been living our whole life. I before E, except after C, sometimes Y and W. That's a rule of interpretation. Somebody from another, look, somebody said what? Somebody needs to be going to school. <laughs> Pay attention to English. All right, so... I before E, except after C, sometimes Y and W. So what that means is, if you say, was it was like conceive, you put the E before the I. 
If you say believe, you put the I before the E. See, I before E, except after C, sometimes Y and W. Somebody else from another country, you know what they're thinking? Stupid. Why don't we just leave the I and the E in the same place for everything we do? So if you don't understand the rule of interpretation and you come into America, you're going to misunderstand the words, won't you? All right. Look, 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 look. The H is silent. Why? Then why'd you put it there? If you're going to make it shut up, why don't you let it stay at home? So you be reading something, no, that don't say, that don't. <laughs> Whatever, you know, you know, the, the H is silent, right? Those are what we call rules of interpretation. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, so it's the same thing when you read through the Bible. There's some I's before E's except after C's, sometimes Y and W when you read the Bible. And when you understand that, now it makes sense. Just like our language, people think we crazy. American English people think it's crazy. Because there's so many different rules and, and, and you want to find who's the person that came up with this mess, right? You want to slap them. Like, even the best writers in this room second-guess themselves when they're writing stuff. Now, does the comma go here? Is the comma necessary? Did I stop or did I yield? You know, when you're reading the sentence, because, you know, it's a comma. If you stop, it's a comma, right? Right? Did y'all go to let's, Math was my subject. English wasn't, but I'm just saying I do know the rule. Right, yeah, like all this, you know, semicolons and colons, like don't, don't. Y'all know what I'm talking about, do you? Right, so, so I'm saying it's the same thing. And so, look, look, look here, 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Second Timothy, e verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration, in spirit, God breathed, right, of God and his prophet. Now, now, it opens up and says, how many scriptures? All. all scripture is given by inspiration, in spirit, God inspired, God breathed, Right? Inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine. So some people stop at doctrine. But it's not just for doctrine, it's for reproof. It's to check some folk. Right? It's for correction. Right? And for instruction in righteousness. You know, another version of 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says correct erroneous thinking. See, but if somebody corrects erroneous thinking and says, no, the, the word is this, oh, oh you judging me. No, no, I'm Correcting your erroneous thinking. Why are you going to put me out there? No, I'm reproving you because that's not in line. Yo, why are you coming at me all? I'm correcting you because you're following the wrong path and there's a narrow way that leads to life and peace. You see what I'm saying? That the word is not, but it's not a punishment. Listen, your computer corrects you all the time. They put them little uh, red, wavy lines there. You break the computer? Now you correct the word. So why when you get a, way, a, 
a red Waverly line or the blood of Jesus communicating to you to change, why, why are you getting offended? What about just making a change? It's trying to get you. It would be nice if every way lead it to, to life and peace. But the Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life and peace, Matthew 7.13. And so to, to stay on that narrow path, sometimes you have to be corrected. See, we add too much emotion to words. Correction is a part of life, man. But, but, but we're so immature. Don't get mad. We talked about that 9.15, right? Immaturity is not a crime. Immaturity just means, hey, I need to grow up. And growing up is not a bad thing. And we got to stop acting like we're already there just because we're at a certain age or we got a job now or we got a car or a house or we birth kids. That don't make you grown up. I know a lot of immature parents. I see some kids going, hey, 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 how did you know? <laughs> I was trying to tell them. <laughs> they won't listen to me. <laughs> like my dad used to say, you got a smart don't you? Like, I'm trying to help. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in your mouth. Hey, Pastor Mal told me that the other day. I just thought I'd... She said, I'm going to tell you like your dad told you. I'm going to punch you in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Thought you was going to get away with that. Now everybody knows. Innocent watching a movie. Somebody <laughs> punching the guy in the mouth. What kind of wife? <laughs> Yeah, got you. All right, so 1 Peter 2, let's go 18. <laughs> it's verse 18. Uh, you know what? Hold on a second. I did this wrong. Oops. Oh, it's not what I'm looking for. All right, so it's 2 Peter 1, verse 20. I, I gave the wrong scripture. I apologize. It says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Remember last week we talked about the difference between interpretation and translation. So a lot of times people go, man, there's so many interpretations, man. I don't know what to read. No, only one interpretation. There's a lot of translation. Because every, all of us don't speak the same language. So the translation, as we talked about last week, you can check the video out from last week, translation is the person translating that particular language. So the, the, the core interpretation is the same. There's not many interpretations, right? And then uh, uh, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation, verse 21, for the prophecy came in the old time by the, for prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, God breathed on these men of God to write out what's in his word. Now, now one may say this, this is something that's come up for years. How, you know, how do I know they didn't change the Bible? And so I, I share this, I share it sarcastically a lot of times, but move our sarcasm away, why would they need to? So let's say you're the person that they're trying to change the Bible from 
because they want you to get the wrong information. Well, you ain't got the right information yet. I'm not, no, I didn't say no names. I just said, just say you the person. If you don't read the Bible, which very few people do, why would they need to change it? You're changing something that everybody's reading, and it's changing their life, and the devil's getting beat up every day. But his confidence is very few people read the Bible. All he has to do is keep you uh, distracted by intoxicating delicacy of the, delicacies of the world, and you're not going to read the Bible. Just like keeping a kid intoxicated with candy so they don't eat vegetables. Same principle. It's been working for years. Right? So, so, so God inspired this. And I remember uh, in the 90s when I used to uh, work with juveniles, I used to, used to ask these questions. I was like, let me get this right. I said, it's real simple. God, who put the sun in the sky, can't stop somebody from changing the Bible? He's that helpless? If you read it and, and exhaustively, you'll find out this thing is powerful. It's God-breathed. Ain't nobody changed this. Ain't nobody touched it. Right? It's, 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 it's transcended time. So what they did was they sent people to have you question it because they knew they couldn't touch it. E- even in your little movies that you watch, and the person's going to go to the Bible, you know, they get electrocuted or something, you know, because they have the wrong spirit. Right? All right, First John 5. First John 5. Just, just spending some time talking about the importance of the word. And, and challenging us to, to really get in the word. We're, we're in this culture of just inspirational messages. And being inspired is good. You know, somebody pump you up, but hey, you can get a motivational speaker to do that. But no one's really giving you the equipment to live the fulfilling life. And that's the word. Right? The Bible says meditate on the word day and night. Do all that's written therein. Then shall you make your way prosperous. Then shall you make success. Right? So I have, to, I have to guide you to meditate on this word day and night. And if that's the only scripture we ever read in the Bible, how many people are meditating on the word day and night and doing what's written there in it? It's because they want to be prosperous and successful. Most people skip because they're skimming, they're speed reading, right? So they're spare read to prosperity and success. God, where's my prosperity and success? But they sped past, meditate on the word day and night. Before that, it says, be of good courage. It's going to take some courage to hang in there with the word and amongst all these other temptations. Right? That's the key. Meditate day and night. And so, so we talked about this, and we always talk about layer learning here at the church. Like, we all don't have uh, a spend time with God university time every like 24-7. So we have to utilize the time that we have. Every service. I mean, you, have, you get an hour to work. But if you spend 23 hours a day with a lot of other nonsense, that's just going to dissipate the word, right? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness and riches, lust of other things will choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Amen. You know, this is uh, Mark chapter 4, right? See, so you get, so, so, so when there's a Midday service. That's another hour. So we got two hours so far that week. 
if you came to discipleship class, that's three hours, not 15. No, that's, no, that's two hours and 45 minutes, right? If you did girl talk or guy talk, that's another hour. So we got three hours and 45 minutes based on everything that was discussed so far. If you do uh, Bible study fellowship, right, that's another hour. So that's what, five hours, 45 minutes. There's still 18 hours and 15 minutes left in a day. But it says meditate on the word day and night. I guarantee you we spend more than four hours and 15 minutes with TV, with movies, with, because I, I know some of y'all be getting on me because I keep saying PlayStation, but what is it? Uh, what's, what's the, what's the, Xbox, right? Is that what y'all doing now? Y'all doing it, you ain't gonna say nothing, so y'all wanna help, right? You don't want me to focus on you and your, and your, and your games. But do you spend hours, all day sometimes, on a, whatever, Nintendo, Xbox, I don't know what, the, what you're doing. All day. Okay, okay, all right. Not spending no time on Xbox. What about Facebook? Uh, what, what is, what's the, uh, Instagram, TikTok. Does that get, I don't have four, four hours. Four whole, and I didn't say four hours in a day. I mentioned four and a half hours through, spreading throughout the week. Some of y'all spend more time with that on all the other stuff. We, we, y'all ain't coming back next week? You know, we moved the Wednesday service of I keep, God keeps his promises up to Sunday. And just remove this teaching altogether, right? Come on, y'all, what are we doing? And see, so, 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 I'm going to challenge us to kind of uh, look harder. You know, this is, you know, Lion King, to look harder, just to look harder, to go deeper into word. Don't just skim past. If you don't understand something, pull out a dictionary. I'm not being funny. I do it. How do you read half of a sentence, find a word you don't understand and keep on reading and keep on reading and keep on reading? Something's incomplete there. There's a hole in those statements. The words you didn't understand. Stop. And look it up. If you don't understand that, that scripture, reference it and reference it. I mean, we, we, we've, we've taught on this before. Go back and look at all the teachings on how to understand the word, how to dive into the word, and you'll see all the concordances and different things you can use, biblical encyclopedias, how to really understand the word, right? And so, so all we're doing is establishing this, these hermeneutics. So, because you got general hermeneutics, and that's the science of interpreting communication from man to man. So, so, so when you read through books and somebody breaks down different knowledge, when we have education in schools, that's general hermeneutics all the time. Somebody's teaching us how to communicate, how to, how, how to that's why you got I before E, except after C. That's why in, in Spanish language, you, we learn verbs. It's like, well, I learn verbs and things like that, you know, because it was to me how to communicate that language. But there's stuff I still can teach me. When I was working in a, 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 a meat warehouse in Jersey, not a meat warehouse, a trucking company, 
I was a manager, so they was bringing the guys from, from off the boat that would, they would pay them minimum wage. So what I did was I taught them the business, they taught me Spanish, even the curse words. But it's a different culture. We were sitting with Stella uh, out eating, and it was, it was a, a couple, and they were speaking, what was they speaking? They were speaking Puerto Rican. What you said, right, so she said Puerto Ricans speak faster than Hispanics. So look at what my thought was, what are they saying? Right? She says, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? Don't you know? But see, there's rules of interpretation. Right? Even in, within the languages. Run your butt back to Africa thinking you're going back to where you're where you from. Go ahead. And Africa is not a city or a state. It's a there, there, there are rivalries in Africa. I've got friends from Kenya. I have friends from, what's the other place? Uh, Nigeria? Where? Matter of fact, they almost got attitude. Get, get, get it clear, bro. We ain't from the same place. Right? So, and, and their languages are different. I was listening to the people in, uh, who's the pe- was it Kenya? Who, who was I ministering to? What, what country? It was Kenya. Right. So I was doing a, doing a Bible study in the morning to Kenya and listening to them because the, the, the pastor had to interpret to his congregation. So listen, listening to them, and guess what? There was rules in how I had to communicate so he could interpret. I couldn't talk to him like I talked to y'all. One, it's not like I'm not animated. I had to be extra animated. I had to use every prop in my study. And I had to break it down. I had to change my outline where he could take it because there's a short window for him to take what I'm saying and give it to them. Same thing when God's speaking and a man of God's communicating to you. That's why I tell all the people growing up on our ministry track, like, like it's a process. Because they got to hear from God and communicate it. Man, they ain't got nobody, nobody got no time for them to go, now where was I at? And going through 30 pages and stuff like that. Why are you doing that? The person, they done lost interest. So you got to know it has to be in you because you're interpreting divinity to a human being. That's what's called biblical hermeneutics. Right? Where now you're interpreting, it's the science of interpreting communication from God to man. See, it has to be interpreted because it's, di- it's divinity to humanity. And so what, what, what a, a man of God does, a woman of God does, they're removing the gaps to the clarity. So it's like when you sit there and you go, I don't understand, I don't understand. It's my responsibility as anybody, all these people that's going to teach on Fast Week, it's their responsibility to clear the understanding, not to make it more confusing. Right? That's why things are, are kind of dicey. See, God spoke in so many different ways to, to inspire people through dreams. You read the Bible, he had a conversation. He had a conversation and an impartation to Solomon, the richest and wisest person on the earth, through a dream. Joseph, uh, through a dream, through visions, through shapes and forms, patterns, signs, through allegories, Right? Through mysteries, parables, audible, prophecies, writings, so many different ways he spoke. 
And if you don't understand how to interpret that, or if you just breeze over it, of course it's going to be confusing. And you might say, well, you know, I'm not trying to go to biblical school. Are you trying to go to fulfillment life? Because this is, the, this is, the, this is what the holdup has been. Lazy in a word, but more diligent in games. More diligent in, in um, what's going on with, uh, what's the thing? So it's, uh, uh, was it 90-day fiancé? Well, it's probably 90-day everything now, right? 90-day fiancé, 90-day cousin, 90-day, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, every time I turn around, I see something 90-day. Right, so we understand, or that, uh, we, I don't, uh, soap opera still on, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, but I remember everybody knew everything that was happening with the soap opera. Right? So, so it's the same, or knows all the stats of the game, and, and he played for, oh, no, he played for such and such, then he played for such and such high school. Oh, I remember he dropped 50, he averaged such and such. The same level of, 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 of ability to process that information is the same thing you can use to process the word. The difference between the two is you give your heart to what you care about. And if you really cared about your fulfillment in your life, you would give your heart to the word. And there's no respect or age or person. Like you have people 10, 11, 15, run circles around people with the word because they gave their heart to it. It's the same process as them learning ABCs and timetables and, you know, and at one time, all you had to do is give me the figures and I could tell you the answer. I wasn't an adult. I was, I'm a high school kid. Just put the, put, put the problem up. And, and, and I don't know why, I could see it, see the answer and say, oh, and the answer was correct. My challenge was I couldn't tell you how I got to it. I could just see it. Then in college, I had to learn how to show people how to discover what I discovered. Same thing in your life. It's not just about you. Now you have to figure out how to help other people to discover what you're discovering. See, all that is, is, is a part of this. You know, the, the, the Bible is so unique in the process of even trying to interpret it. And this is why you have so many different divisions of Christianity. You know, uh, it's not just because of carnality. Of course, some people are in the flesh. Carnality means, carnal means fleshly. You know, so people are, are fusing in the flesh with the spirit. Or, or, or you have something called sectarianism. That's, you know, people are more secular. You know, so they talk about God, but they live in the world. Right? Right? So, so that causes, that's caused denominations, but most of it is hermeneutics, how people are processing and interpreting the word, taking the scripture and creating a religion out of it because they don't want to look harder. And that's why, I, I, so there's so many, there's no denominations in the Bible. That came from somebody looking at something and going, hey, I think I got a good idea. We could make a religion out of this. We'll call it full gospel. Or we'll call it, don't get mad if you full gospel. See, see, y'all need to stop. Just stay focused, right? But, but that's what we do. You know, people just, you know, they, they done took everything. They done, you know, Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was actually, you know, you had, you had every seven years they were released to slaves, right? And so seven times seven is 49. On the 50th year would be a year of jubilee. 
So they, it was the day of Pentecost. Penta, it's five in there, 50 is in there, right? And they would come, they came together at that particular time. And now, now it's a religion now. Don't get mad. I'm just telling you, that's, that's what all this stuff comes from. You know, Methodists, they had a method of, 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 of embracing Christ. It was, it was a method. And they, so now we're Methodists. Then what happens, they start boxing out people of color. And so one of the guys like, we want, it, we, we want this, this Christ too. So they created African Methodist. It just seems like, like all this, you know, but, but keeping it real, John Calvin, his intent was correct. But when you see, if everybody is not disciplined with their interpretation and their communication, things get lost. Remember the game telephone we used to play? You tell somebody something, you tell somebody something, by the time you get to the other person, it's totally different. Well, that's what happens. So now, not all Methodists, I know you're over there tripping watching this, but not all, all, not all Methodists. But that's, that's Lutheran. Martin Luther was on it. But then you got some people that took it and was like, eh, let's, let's, let's change the interpretation a little bit so we can box some folk out. So if you don't do this, you're not on our team. That's where Lutherans came from. I mean, the list can go on and on, all these things that was created because of what? How people process this word. So, so, and this hermeneutics is the level in which men and women would peel off layers of truth. So some people only go but so deep in their life. They only want to go so far because they don't trust their ability to, to, to understand. They think if I get don't understand, it's over. So some of y'all been rolling like that for years. Now you, 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 you do that. You got that, right? No, 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 why don't you go do that? Because you don't think if you, you invest in it, you're going to figure it out yourself. But a, it's, it's God who works in you to will and do his good pleasure. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, will, will re, he will reveal things to you. He'll show you things to come. Right? So, so God has set this thing up. Well, you will get, you'll understand you just got to keep moving. Remember when we talked about it? You got to agonize first. It's an agonize, then it's an ache. Then it's an amusement. But we want everything to be amusing first. That's why we only do the things we're comfortable at. Because we don't want to ache in no area. But you won't grow. No pain, no gain, right? You, we've heard that before. So, so again, and, and that's what happens. People's theological viewpoint is derived from their her- hermeneutics. Basically, the level of agony in, invested in discovering the truth. That's where we get our different worldviews from, right? Your worldview is shaped by repetitious information, authoritative voices in your environment. So my worldview was preachers steal your money. So it took me forever to come to church because, man, I ain't going to church, man. Them preachers that steal your money. And I've said this before because I just was naive to the fact that why would they need to be stealing my money? I ain't not. I mean, just keeping it real, I didn't have, I ain't have money. I just told you we just got out of debt, was it two years ago? For the first time in 40 years. So I was in debt for 40 years. So what money did I have for somebody to steal? And the, the store wasn't stealing my money. They weren't stealing my money? That 200% was 
wasn't stealing my money. It was probably like 400% down, but that wasn't stealing my money. We're throwing away money. But they're not stealing my money, right? The preachers are stealing my money that I'm not giving them because I ain't been in church. So help me out. And then if you sit in the church and they have an offering, like we have one offering here, don't you got choice? So you're going to miss out learning about God getting his word because I'm talking to me. Because preachers going to steal my money that I have a choice whether or not to give them. Is there a cover charge to come to church? Don't tell me I had a joke. Some churches. I know I was, y'all was saying some churches. There's no cover charge. There's, there's no sign out, you know. Or, uh, you know, you go, there's a table out there. We're not there. We give you a little ticket. You know, <laughs> you get a little ticket when you come to church. It's not that. You come in and sit down. Hey, you can cheat. You can just get the word all the time. But, but that's the thing. We have to get to a place where word means more to us than all these other hoops that we created for ourselves. See, so, so there's different revelation um, from different interpretation principles and applications, right? And, and, and what happens is all these different interpretations of revelations, they form the gaps, right? They form these gaps, right? And, and so God has uh, uh, caused these men and women of God to plug in the gaps using something, a tool we call sermons, right? Now, a sermon is a communication from God through a chosen vessel. Uh, sometimes it's prophetic. Sometimes it's insp- insp- inspirational, enlightenment, and understanding, right? That's what a sermon is. And that's why men of God um, use what we call homiletics. Let me explain. And that's the science of sermon construction, constructing a sermon. And, and the reality is everybody doesn't know how to construct a sermon. Just to be, to be honest with you. Some people are just trying to hear themselves say something sweet. Uh, some people are thinking about too much information. Everything in the Bible connects. You know, you could spend all day trying to, ooh, ooh, going down this path like, like you, you're studying something, and then you, you see this, ooh, ooh, I'm going to go down here. Then you, you get over here, ooh, ooh, I'm going to go down here. Ooh, you go, before you know it, by the time you get to preach, you're all over the place. Where, where God gave you the key to stay locked into, absorb that. If you discover something else, put that off to the side next time, right? Get it. And then let God carve that thing out to communicate to the specific audience he's going to have you to communicate to. Once you do that, offer it back up to God. Say, Lord, this is yours. Have your way with it. Then prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Get in God's presence. And then let God take that chosen vessel and use you the way he wants. But if you spend your whole time, oh, God, make sure I say this. God, make sure I say that. I remember this. God, remember this. I don't know if that's going to hit that way, this, that, and the other. No, that's about you. If you yield, then let God just use your vessel. You, you, you absorb the information. So, so the homiletics is building a path to God's truth, not building a path to your one-liner. Right? You don't have to make a platform. God said, make your name great. Right? Just serve God's people. So, so some men and women get lazy in the construction process. process. They're not exhaustive enough. They're intimidated 
even by when they preach by the face. And so God tells you to say something. You're looking at who's going to be excited, uh, who looks, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, engaged or indifferent. That ain't your job. Your job is just to pour out what God said. It doesn't make a difference who's jumping around excited. Hey, man, hallelujah. That's nice. But you, I remember I was teaching in Ohio, and I was ministering, and, um, you know, I was just cracking jokes, to be honest with you. I, was, I, I cracked jokes probably like 20 minutes. Because every time I cracked a joke, you know, there's thousands of people there. Everybody's laughing. So I'm figuring, what? This is a good sermon. Everybody's laughing. And the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? I said, yeah, I was just ministering to people. Look, man, they're really enjoying themselves. He said, the first two jokes was me to open up their heart to pour my word in. All that rest of the st- stuff was you. He says, if I wanted a comedy show, I would have called a comedian. He said, man, give them my word. Don't start drinking the praise or the alkaline. <laughs> like somebody sing a song and the crowd's crying and going wild and they extend the song for another two hours. No, no, the actor was set now for God to do what he wanted to do. Let him do it, man. Get your emotions out of it. Get out of there, right? And so, so, so what happens is when you do this, when you get nervous or you get lazy, you're going to skip over the details. And so people aren't going to connect. The details helps everyone connect, right? You don't want to skip over the details. And so you want to operate in what's called eisegesis. Let it, let it breathe, man. God breathed into it. Let it breathe. You don't have to keep uh, uh, putting your control on it, forcing your revelation into it. Let it breathe. What God said, he knows what people need. That's what's called biblical theology, revealing God's truth, right? That's what the result is, right? And, and, and that's kind of why sometimes it's hard to navigate through the Bible because everybody's playing these uh, I want to look good and selfish games. When our whole life, all of us, our whole life, we're gonna, we have a message coming up on the power of fellowship. Our whole life is engaging each other and for us to all start to see the more we're around each other. You know, me and Pastor Mel, we talk about this all the time. We'd be driving, so we start, so we'll talk about something that we realize, and she'd be like, oh, 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 and then she'd be like, oh, I realize that. So, so, so in the car, this is, our, this is our drive. It'd be looking like this. Oh, yeah, really? really? Hey, babe, do me a favor. Text me that. Oh, babe, could you, do me, could you text me that? And then she'll be over there. She'll be writing something in. And so what, what it is is the more we talk, the more things are realized. We do that on Wednesdays, right? We have a sermon, and after the sermon, uh, people can ask questions or make comments at the end of every, every Wednesday night. And through the exchange, man, it'd be like pop-ups. Y'all see Wednesday, Pastor Mel got up like three times, you know, because we had a, the mics on the side. So Pastor Mel came down, she had something to say. Then somebody else said something, that hit her. She got back up and came back down. Somebody else said something, that hit her. She got up, came back down. That's what it's supposed to be. We do that on Fridays, right? Friday is a, is a Bible study fellowship. Nobody's showing up like they some a, a biblical theologian or nothing. It's just fellowship around the world over in the um, fellowship hall on Fridays at 12 noon. And a lot of times we're talking about Wednesdays. Well, we are talking about Wednesdays. And before you know it, we're not necessarily talking about word-for-word discernment. We're being enlightened. God is revealing more and more of what he's trying to get at us, just us sitting around fellowshipping. 
And it'd be, this person say this, you know what I saw? And then they'll say what they saw, and the other person say what they saw. This is how you grow. It's called layered learning. You just can't sit on a Sunday, hear information, and then go about your business. No, you got to rightly divide it. You got to get into it. You got to meditate it on day, day and night. You got to see it as God is trying to reveal something for me to realize. And when I realize it, it's going to change me. But if, it's, if, if, if it just touches me a little bit, if it's something I, I'm okay with, I agree with, I mentally assented to it. Consciously, I go, hey, this might be something I need to use. But how am I living every day? I have a default already before I, before I agree with what I heard today. So now to change my default to what I said I agree with consciously, I have to meditate on it and meditate on it until it becomes my subconscious. When it goes into my subconscious, my subconscious is what I do without thinking about it. That's why the Bible says, we talked about this in the first week, Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind. Agree to change. And then Ephesians 4, 23, it says, renew the spirit of your mind. Now change your default. Don't worry. I'll just keep repeating myself. Don't worry about it. I'm not changing the mic. Right? You understand what I'm saying? So that's renewing the spirit of my mind is my subconscious level. This is what I do without thinking about it. See, if you think about it right now, we go out and ride bikes without thinking about it because our subconscious was trained for balance. Some people, when they first learn how to ride a bike, they're they're hoping they keep their balance because they agreed that they want to be balanced but they haven't practiced it to a point where it's their default. So when you say it to yourself, but, but I went to church, I, I, I really believed that scripture. Yes, you did. I really believed I needed to change. Yes, you did. But Paul said this in Romans 7, the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. Things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He said, thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit. It's going to help me to not just renew my mind, the spirit of my mind. What he was saying is my default hasn't lined up what my conscience is willing to do. What he was saying is my spirit of my mind hasn't lined up with the renewing of my mind yet. So now I'm still doing what I trained myself to do. Man, if you've been drinking, whatever. If you've been drinking Jack Daniels, Remy Patron, I'm trying to hit all the different generations, right? If, you, if you've been drinking that, that's your default. So, so when you agree, you know, Pastor Keith, <laughs> Pastor Keith bust your bubble again on the drinking, and he said this, you know, what it, how it affects your thinking and stuff like that, and you go, oh, I agree to change. Are you kidding? Ain't nobody, okay, supernaturally, I'm sure there's a few people that stop drinking that way. But on a, on, on, a, on a normal basis, very rarely has anybody stopped drinking because they decided they were just going to stop that day. Very rarely. Had to now train their default. You got to train your default to do the things of God. Right? Meditate on this word. Right? You, know, you see what I'm saying? You feel me? So, so <laughs> it will be agonizing at, verse, at first, then appetizing then amusing, right? It's, 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 it's going to be a process. See, see, so, so and, and we'll, we won't get into all this today, but we'll, we'll, I'll just give you some of it. So we talked about this morning in 
our uh, discipleship class on evangelism, we talked about uh, the bridge. It's called a bridge method for people evangelism. So you, you make people aware that they're sinners, they need, they're in need of a savior. But, but you make people aware that there's a gap between you and God. As much as you, you go around saying, well, you know, I have my own relationship with God. Yeah, but does God have a, the same relationship with you that you think you have? You ever had somebody in your life that sees you at a best, as a best friend, but you're like, I don't know why they see me as a best friend. Huh? <laughs> they keep telling people BFF or whatever, like, you know, you're not my best friend. I don't know. And then you say to yourself, because you might be, they might be like, you're buying you gifts or something. You'd be like, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> I don't have nothing to do with that, right? Well, sometimes we're saying we have a certain relationship with God. We ain't check with him. Because he's clearly stated who he spends a lot of time with. But we think, see, we feel it's okay. But if you read the Bible, you'll see it's not okay not to condemn you. And I told you last week not to judge you, not to pass sentence on you, to address the erroneous thinking to, to, to give you the truth, you're late and lazy, right? You're irresponsible. I didn't say no names. But if you are, that's not judgment. That's the, the word judgment, the way we use it and the context we use it has been a trick of the enemy to stop us from embracing what we need to change and renew our mind. Amen. To renew the spirit of our mind. We are unhappy when we're alone, but we don't want to listen to what it takes to, to be fulfilled. That's crazy. You got to drink to have a conversation? Oh, y'all get, you get mad if you want to, but I know this is to be a fact. You get you know, the fellowship, the, all, the, the family, friends, get around, and when I with them, I thought we was cool. We got along pretty good. And they so indifferent. Two hours later, you the life of the party. Because you don't drink liquid courage. Do you know you can have courage without the liquid? Genuine courage? I have fun in life. But I don't have to look behind when I'm having it. I don't have to worry that I missed something because I was blacked out or because I had blind spots. But you know, and the things that you miss is what sneaks up on you when you think you're about to call them and everything you wanted. It got, it, they slipped it right in when you was in your stupor. And so, so, so I'm saying, look, see, I done slipped in, messing up your, your, your <laughs> just, just messed it all up, didn't I? You ain't coming, they ain't coming back now, me Asia. Well, at least you're left with the truth. All right, so, 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 what, so, so what God did was, because of this gap and, the, and, the, and the, the, this, this pool of sin, I was talking earlier this morning how you're on this cliff and you got this pool of water and you're trying to get to the other side. And so normally to get to the other side, you start to travel till you find the bridge so you can cross over. And so in your life, you, there's a cavern between you and God, whether you want to embrace it or not. Right? 
I mean, the Bible says God doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner. John 9, 31, read it for yourself. Now, that's not a punishment. It's that person's communicated something from their heart, but was intercepted because of the, 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 uh, the incubator of sin. It never got out of the atmosphere. So, so there's this gap. And so I always tell the story. Uh, God showed this to me in a video, a visual. He said, Keith, when you're praying, like, it's this cloud of funk that came up in, into heaven. What in the world? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus, Holy Spirit, do me a favor. Go down and Jesus, cleanse whoever that is with the blood so I can hear what they're trying to say. But, oh, whatever's coming out of them is funky. And so Jesus was coming to me, and I'm not trying, whoa, yo, dude, yo, 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 man, yo, man, stop following me. That's how I was living my life. Yo, man, leave me alone, man. I'm good. But then I would go in my room and like, God, come on, really? This is it? And then God would send Jesus, and I'm like, come on, man. Yo, man, ain't nobody trying to hear all that, man. You ain't trying to stop me from having my fun of going back to God and, and crying out because... I don't care if I live anymore. You see what I'm saying? So, so when I got it and I embraced Jesus and God was hearing my prayers, he can answer them. And then he started answering them. Oh, momentum just started picking up. I was like, what in the world was I doing? I wasn't crossing the bridge when it was sent. God was, God was doing, doing me like he do a lot of us in justice. It's, I'm running around looking for the bridge. He kept moving the bridge yeah. just so I could cross. Yeah. And I'm avoiding the bridge. Why somebody keep putting this here? <laughs> so he sent Jesus, but not just as a bridge to our salvation. Oh, a bridge for us to know God. Yeah. 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 See, see, why are we compromising? Like, like why, why would you take a bribe? Because you think this is all I'm going to get. But if you know God, we're talking about that on uh, Wednesdays, right? He, he keeps his promises. Oh, you ain't compromising because you're like, oh, listen, I'm just going to do what I need to do, position myself to receive these promises that I know I'm getting. But if you don't think that's coming, you think you can risk it. And the reason why you don't think they're coming because you don't know God. You know why we don't know God? Because the bridge for him to, for us to understand him is Christ. Jesus came. If you walk through Jesus' life looking through these lenses, Jesus came and was showing. He was clearing up stuff from the door. You say this, but this is actually what it means. The Pharisees and everybody, like, like and, 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 and this is the thing. Jesus was the perfect interpreter because he was the living word. He wasn't just the word, he was the living word. He, he, he was the personified interpretation of God. If you think about it, he was teaching through the law, through, through, through songs or psalms, through songs, praise team, choir, through songs, he was teaching through songs, and the prophets. And so, so I'm 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 gonna end with this, just for us to understand it. I'm gonna end with it's just three scriptures, 
And then we'll get, in, we'll get deep into it next week. John, John chapter 1. Taught on a message uh, in this uh, camp meeting in Ohio. Was that 2000, maybe? And it was, uh, the word became flesh, so flesh could become the word. So the word became flesh, so flesh could become the word. I think it was called flip the script or something like that. But uh, John 1. So John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was, look, the word. The word was with God and the word was God. It says the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Uh Uh-oh, now it's showing you who the word is. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. It says, and light shineth in darkness, and, and the darkness comprehended, couldn't understand it, right? You drop down here to verse 14. It says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who's the only begotten of the Father? Jesus, right? John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Right? So here you have the word that was with God, in the beginning with God and was God, and that word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, so not only did God have a level of understanding or a bridge for us to get to know him, he sent his word in the flesh. And so Jesus is walking around, the literal word in the flesh guiding the disciples through all types of stuff, walking them through, giving them clarity. He's like, man, there's a gap. He says, there's a gap. You guys are missing out on so much fulfillment. You guys are stuck in your religion and tradition. We'll talk about that next week. I won't get into it now. He says, but there's so much been afforded to you. Look at, look at, look at, the, look at one of the last things he said. So he was guiding them through stuff. He said, there's some things. He said, there's some things I have to tell you Man, it's really jacking up. It's all your fault, Marcus. It's not Marcus' fault. Sometimes it's wireless stuff. Certain times of the day. Certain times of the day. The reason I didn't want to trade, I'll tell you in advance, the reason I want to trade is because this mic is, uh, is EQ for whoever sings on it. This makes me sound stupid. Well, not stupid, but he uh, sounds a little. I don't want to claim that. It doesn't make me sound stupid. Thank you, wife. All right, so let's uh, let's look at uh, Luke twenty-four. So here, Jesus spent his whole time trying to clear up understanding, right? Um, you know, just interpreting the reality for the scripture for us to realize. And then in verse 24, verse 27. Well, I'm going to start here, verse 25. 25. It says, then he said unto them, O fools, and slow to heart to believe all the, slow to heart to believe all the prophets, have spoken. So basically, Jesus is done risen from the dead. They questioning, 
that he's alive. He says, it's been spoken to you over and over and over. You've been given the insight, the revelation, the details, specific script of what's supposed to happen. It's happening and you're questioning it. Right? And then in, in verse 26 it says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then this is what he did. After he said, he said, this is, this is the plan. I'm fulfilling the plan. Then he says, oh, let, me do, let me do your justice. Even though I don't went all over this, all this with you. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures in, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So he, but he started way back at Moses. He says, it's been spoken. I've, I've been talked about the whole time. The bridge has been talked about the whole time. He says, y'all just ain't been paying attention. You know, uh, uh, I had a, in, in ministry school, I had a Jewish, Masonic Jew that was one of my professors. And he was telling us, he said, he said, this is how you get, well, I'm going to just say it. I know. So, <laughs> he said, this is how you get folk that are Jewish. He says, a lot of people don't believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know, they believe he existed and he was a Hebrew. He said, read, this, this is what he said. He said, read Isaiah 53. He says, don't tell him what you read and just read it. And so, you know, Isaiah 53 talks about he was born for, you know, he bore our sins and our inequities by his stripes were healed, right? He said, then ask him, where is that in the Bible? And they'll say, oh, that's in the New Testament because it's talking about Christ. And then tell him where you read it from. He said, then it'll be, it'll flow him. But all, the scriptures, it's more than, more the Old Testament talks about Christ than just Isaiah. And so, so, so Christ spent time talking like, do you understand? There's a plan for your fulfillment. There's a plan for your inheritance. There's a plan for your eternity. But not just your eternity, there's a plan for you here and, here and now. He says everything is fulfilling the plan. God said his word will go out, won't return to avoid, or accomplish what he sent it to do. He says so, so, so. Okay, verse 44. I'll just read, because I said I would end with this. Uh, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So he told him, he says, I was telling, he says, I, sh I showed you, I told you. I, I did what I said, and now I'm telling you what I had already told you. What else does it take? So, so we've been talking about God keeps his promises. God done told us. He done showed us. And in, in your life, as much as you kick and scream at what you want, you take it for granted of what he got you out of. You take it, you take it for granted when he did come through. <laughs> Marcus, use your inside voice. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You take it for granted of all those different things. And then God is now saying, hey, now it's about to happen exactly the way I've been telling you the whole time. But will you, will you be ready? Will you be present? Or will you still be stuck in the stupor? All right, so that's why we're going through it. So we can realize and see and benefit from what God had planned the whole time. He keeps his promises, right? We've been talking about that on Wednesday. All right, so that's all for today and rightly dividing the word. We'll get into some more detail next week. You stand on your feet, if you don't mind. Thank you for your ear and attention.
you know, I know, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't hit you with the uh, the, the super uh, what do you want super dynamic. I keep my promises. Hey, God's hey you you God's gonna bless you with that. Hey 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 you you. you. But but actually, if you really realize and you get this, man, your whole life can change. If you get back to thirsting for the word, thirsting, spend time with the word, thirsting the fellowship with the word, and let God quench that thirst through you. 